0: It's May 10th, 2021, this is Rook. came to recognition in the global Iranian community for her energetic presence as a presenter on Manoto television. But Shirin Nasiri has more recently been carving out a special space online where she is amassing a large following. She's a dancer, a producer, and a jewelry designer who is committed to being herself and not deferring to cultural expectations. And now the kid from Mashad is working on the latest installment of her Dance Doc series and hosting Instagram live sessions where she washes dishes and finds an audience in the hundreds of thousands. A feature interview with Shirin Nasiri coming up, plus your letters of the week. This is conversations from, to, and about the Iranian diaspora. I'm Gian Gomeshi. This is Rook. Hi there, welcome to episode number 109 of Rook, coming to you from Toronto, Canada, with a salute to all of you joining us from around the world. welcome. Durud We are on our ongoing mission to build a new audiovisual encyclopedia of Iranian diaspora identity. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Instagram, CastBox, Telegram. Shai, you can turn me up a little bit. Uh, your headphone or your mic? And, uh, my mic. Well, what's the difference? Uh, I, mean, I, I, I listen to my uh, mic and the headphones. Keon, can you interpret this for Shaya? You're on here. Microphone bolobiar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Azizam. I'm bolobiar. <laughs> okay, that's, that's, that's good. That's good. Thank you, Shaya. By bother, okay, we okay. Don't mean so Thank well. you. Hello to Groovy Shy, by the way. Hi, as yes, um, And hi. hello, Captain Reza. Hello, sir. <laughs> and <laughs> hello, the fabulous Keon.
1: Hi, Gian.
0: Oh, nice to see you guys smiling. What happened today? I, you guys all walked in as if you... would you ever be, What happened this weekend? I don't know. Somebody get... Shot or something? <laughs> no, no.
2: I w- I was depressed. I was depressed. Why and were you cold? depressed? And yeah. You know, first of cold. all, you have
0: a shawl on you. You're like a granny. <laughs> no, Not that, that there's anything wrong with grannies. Happy Mother's Day. And happy Mother's Day. We love you all. But I mean, you're. I was gonna bring you some warm milk. You're sitting shivering in the. <laughs> what happened so to you? So
2: appreciate it. I sort yeah. of, like. I needed a warm what milk. What is it? Why,
0: why did you? Why are you in bad spirits? I
2: woke up this morning. We had a Zoom meeting. I was shivering cold. Yeah. I put on a robe. I came to the studio. Mm-hmm. I was still like depressed. And you
0: got the 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 vaccine, right? I did.
2: I got the Pfizer. Like Oh, uh, the uh, Rolls-Royce. Well <laughs> yeah. The the top of the line. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got the good stuff. Me
0: I'm getting the Astra. You're getting the I'm Astra down Monica? with the peeps, you know? I'm going oh I'm
2: going God. going
0: uh, you know, mainstream your ears are gonna fall off it's like the fast food of uh yeah who knows what they put in the vaccine I'm getting it's like got some you know animal byproduct filler who knows I don't know we'll pray for you but uh yeah (laughs) I'm happy to be getting it, and uh, that's good, all I care about. Good, good. So, okay, well, you got the Pfizer. What is yeah. it? Why? Why are you upset? What's I, going I, on? I, I genuinely
2: don't know. And I walked in, and then Keon walked in after. Yeah, what me, happened and to you? She was and then you're, two, and have, she, then you're
0: I stomping was, we around, Keon. You're I'm st-
1: burnt out, man. I need uh, a vacation. Well, We've you, been in lockdown. It's just a weekend. Out. We've been in lockdown for no, a year no, no, now. No, no, so. no.
0: First of all, I know your weekends aren't so bad.
1: All right, but why is that?
0: I know. So why are you burnt out?
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Well, first of all, we're in May now, and it's still like minus all 10 right.
0: degrees. Yeah, that was I'm the still in idea, like, like, you know, um, covered not.
1: in... But no, let me... You know what? I take
0: this...
1: But you know what? I'm grateful. I have my health. I have you guys. Life yeah, is good. All right.
0: Yeah. There you go. No, I, so I still
1: you know. want to kill myself, Life around.
0: is good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, Shai. That Shai is
1: in a good mood Surate
0: <laughs> Mohesh is helping me through this. Yes, exactly. yeah. I, I watched was. a lot of Cohen, Leonard
3: Cohen, oh. at the weekend. Yeah, and I. Cohen. Cohen. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to say the hen part. <laughs> oh, just Cohen. Yeah. 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 Cohen. Yeah. 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 And French. so after I watched your interview with Cohen, every time I watch Cohen, it reminds oh. me of you. Oh. And oh. thank you. And yeah, but. Uh, sometimes it ruins the spirit of the song because i remember of the interview what and he said in the interview yeah and sometimes about the death and it mm. made me think mm. deeply about this
2: way to bring down the mood
1: this guy i, thought <laughs> <died>. <laughs> I want to kill myself
0: now <laughs> oh, no but that's the difference all right some people <laughs> have died you guys haven't died yet
1: yeah that's You're right. Right.
0: Not uh, I, that is one of my favorite moments uh, I've ever had, getting to interview Leonard Cohen mm-hmm. at his house, that uh, epic interview that we did, and um, and now I'm sitting here with Keon. I mean, think about...
1: <laughs> think Life about, is even better than you thought it would be. About,
0: <laughs> oh. By the way, speaking of reasons to be excited, it's Ponte the Artist's birthday today. Yay. Oh! Tabalo, tabalo, tabalo Okay. Uh, Pawn to the artist, diligently working, uh, creating graphics, creating artwork for uh, the Rook uh, empire. <laughs> now, I don't want to keep bringing this up, but every time we do a birthday card, mm-hmm. I'm the person collecting the signatures for everybody. Uh, everybody, it comes to me, right? And everybody signed it one at a time. And then there's like, Reza, I think you should use some kind of stamp, like get a, <laughs> Get it? You know, one of those stamps you can get a like get a Reza logo, is it that bad? and then you my just stamp. Ring. I can't. Oh I mean, I swear. God. And first of all, why is it so big? You took up half the card with your <laughs> did, chicken I scratch. I was one of
2: the first ones to write, so I didn't yeah. know what the. Size should be so up. Selfish. Captain Reza,
0: his writing is <laughs> not, not one of his forte. I can't date <laughs> yeah, <it's> you, Reza. <laughs> it's we, that it's a, the the you know? option of dating you is over. <laughs> <with> that <laughs> kind of writing.
2: Well, you know that was yeah. the only issue that was standing between <laughs> That's us. That's right. Staring, so. <laughs> That's right.
0: Anyway, happy birthday to Ponta, yeah. and uh, please work harder, Ponta. <laughs> 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 work harder on your birthday. Uh, speaking of uh, great energy, Shirin Nasiri coming up now. Do you remember her, Shia from Manitoba Television?
3: Actually, yeah, I've watched the Shabehjom. I think yes. that was the program. I, I watched it once, and the only person actually captured my attention was. Shirin oh because mm. of her let
0: yeah. that be a lesson to everybody else who was on Manitou <laughs> 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 did you not uh, did not capture Shia's attention now let me tell you something interesting about this she was famously or uh, she's well known from a program as you say on the called Shabe Jomir yeah. now the the funny thing about that is the translation is or in English the name of that show is Thursday night the yeah, Thursday night, night show oh. yeah, yeah, that's and true. because I was, I was Prepping I was doing my introduction For Shirin And uh, And I was thinking You know For some folks out there Like me Because I was a little confused About it Until I came to Talk to you about it They're gonna They're gonna hear me say th- The Thursday night show And then Shabay Jom Eh yeah. yeah. Which sounds like To me Friday night Do you know you're saying Keon? The, Yeah the, the, It's w- kind of
1: w- like The Char Besuri thing exactly It's exactly like not,
0: that yeah, So yeah. Shaya explain I, I, It's that Yeah
3: When, when we say Shabay uh, We mean then uh, the night leading to Jom I mean, the mm. night before Jum'eh. But if That's you want to say Friday night, you have to say e Shab. Uh. Did you get it? Did you get it,
0: Gian? You're not making things easier for Keon. Oh no, I get, I get it because you explained it to me before. I was looking yeah, at Gion. Well, no, yeah, absolutely, I get it. Yeah. It's very interesting though because I mean it's kind of fucked up to me. <laughs> yeah, what kind of language I is I this? Really? What like, why shab- put you? the word e in? Yeah. You if know, it's not if Jomel. it's Thursday night, yeah. but I, I yeah, yeah it's, Jomel. it's, I guess it means like Friday Eve or the Eve of Friday, the Eve of Friday. That makes no sense in my house. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, she was one of the hosts of Shabby Jomer, the Thursday night show. And, and so I know some folks will remember her from Manitou, but now she's, I mean, she's a, she calls herself uh, an entrepreneur. She is doing all kinds of things, a very interesting personality, boundless energy, a dancer, a I follow her on Instagram and it's mm-hmm. really fun, a lot of her posts uh, and, uh, and she's got a few different projects including this documentary series about dance around the world. So we'll get to all of that with Sheena Nasiri in London, England coming up in just uh, well, just a few moments. In the coming days on Rook, Dod Isfandi. Mm-hmm. So I've mentioned this uh, before, he is originally from Athvoz. I think he's still in his mid-30s or something. He is the production designer of the big films at Walt Disney Animation uh, in Los Angeles. So, And he is the guy, if you think of some of the big Disney films in the last three or four years, Moana, for mm, example. Yeah. He's the guy who drew the character. He, he created those characters. That's so cool. That, uh, you know, are a multi-billion yeah. dollar franchise. You Living know? the
1: dream. My there God, you that's go. That's a childhood dream right
0: and, there. And, he, and what have you done, Keon?
1: Absolutely <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I
0: just had a bad weekend. That's all. That's all you have to show for it. Exactly. Merit is van And then, in the coming days on Rook, Rastok, yes. the fabulous folkloric uh, do you say folkloric band? I would say folk band, but as I've been researching them, they're, they're called folkloric. Mahali, music Mahali, in Mahali. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they explore the different cultures of uh, Iran through the generations in their music, and they're just so, they're such a fun band. Uh, I'm really looking forward to having them on the program. Dr. Angie Saderi, Chaya? Yes. You still drink, you still <laughs> eat, Dairy, don't you?
3: Uh, Dairy like milk and cheese and... That's correct. That that is what dairy... Yeah. So
0: you are going to have to give that up or not be around when this interview
3: happens.
0: (laughs) Because Dr. Angie Saderi, who is this uh, amazing, uh, well-known gastroenterologist and uh, uh, she she focuses on the digestive system. That's her focus as a doctor. But she's become better known perhaps uh, in the online space um, for being an outspoken critic of dairy, of eating dairy, meaning she she does not believe it's healthy for us, and an advocate oh. of plant-based diets. She's a vegan. So she, she was a vegetarian and now has become a vegan. Uh, and the thing is is that she walks the walk and talks the talk. She looks fabulous. Like she's she's a fitness uh, person, and, and uh, she's living her best life. She says she's oh. never felt better in her life. And when she was eating dairy... She says she was bloated, she was depressed, mm-hmm. she had eczema. All of these things that she suggests, and we'll obviously talk to her about it in the interview, have disappeared since she stopped dairy.
2: Maybe that's why Kian and I were depressed. This that's morning. right. Have you <laughs> been drinking a lot of milk? I do. With my coffee all the time. Oh, Or with well, my cereal. Like, I love it.
0: So you could switch to soy or, or oh, almond milk. Know. You so know what she says, Reza? She says... Why is it natural for us to drink the, the the milk of a cow? You wouldn't drink the milk of most other animals, like yeah. uh, you wouldn't drink a dog's milk, you know. Well, you I'm wouldn't even drink others. your own mother's milk good. as an adult, right? Hey, so on. why? That's a good image. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's weird. That's, why is that weird? That's right. The Shout out to the mothers.
1: Image of animals. Mother's mother's
0: <laughs> but you still, but you, but you think it's normal to drink the milk of a cow. This is what her argument. And, and it's a good one. It's I also mean, a
1: very cruel practice. It with is. the farming. It's, the in farm.
0: fact, it's, almost, yeah. it's more cruel uh, in some ways, she, would, she argues, uh, than uh, just eating animals, uh, mm-hmm. which a lot of yeah. people swear off eating animals because of the cruelty, right. the ethical factor. And she says the same uh, issues apply for for um, consuming dairy yeah. because of the, the, the practices that are involved in. in now, I'm going to take this up with her because yeah. I don't want to give up cheese. Yeah,
3: that's mm-hmm.
1: the only Who
0: thing. Who can I'm give making? up? Yeah, I need oh, a I can't have that. cheese ever again. <laughs> nope. you yeah. know, that's Ooh, uh, uh, crazy.
3: Yeah, what makes me sad actually? When I was child, I didn't like milk, but because in the school, in the TV, they always say you have to drink milk. You have to drink milk. There so, you go. I, so, mm. so. Uh,
0: you're a pro. You're what
3: i'm i'm, I'm okay. sad oh
0: uh-huh. maybe the computer stopped working or something. i know that's yeah. what i thought too yeah, but he yeah.
3: took it so
2: personally he's <laughs> like yeah
0: well Shia, i mean that's that that i mean that's part of the argument is that the dairy industry has um, filled our heads with propaganda us, yeah. over the years. like for example you know saying that eggs are good for us that eggs are somehow the most healthy thing I, there are people who would still argue that, but she oh certainly would say that's propaganda. But
3: is there any guarantee that, let's say, in twenty years, some other people says mm. that it's because of plant-based propaganda? And right. Have, no, there, there is no guarantee. Then, and and then, in fact,
0: these yeah. things flip back and forth. Exactly. But uh, you know, there are people who argue, John, that uh, uh, you know, a hundred years from now, yeah. we'll be looking back at eating animals. The way people now look back at you know the slave trade, the, oh, the way we wow. look back yeah. at, will be like there'll be people sitting around That'll going, "They used to eat animals like yeah. these cannibals, these crazy people," you know, and so uh, who knows? Uh-huh. You now know? I'm
2: cured. Now I'm looking forward to the interview. I want Dr. to. Doctor Angie
0: Saderi, and she's so great. You know, she's a great spokesperson, I think, for this because she's very. Friendly and it doesn't sound like she's lecturing you she kind of just gives you you know, and she's a doctor She knows what she's talking about uh, and I'm sure there'll be people who disagree with her. It'll be great uh, and I'll try and push her during the interview and say well What about you know? Um, some people and, and, and it resonates for me. Some people say they feel better when they eat meat They just feel they need it, you know, mm-hmm. so <laughs> I want to see what she has to say about that Anyway, uh, Dr. Angie Sadiqi coming up Rana Mansour yeah who from what I understand has uh, no particular position on whether you drink milk or not, Shia. <laughs> <laughs> so you, she just makes amazing music. Although I'll ask her about that. Uh-huh. Uh, Antonella Sacchetti. So Antonella Sacchetti, an Italian man who is into all things, he, he's, not into, he's, a, he's a journalist and a blogger who became fascinated with Iran and all things Persian. That's interesting. And so now he's got a podcast, he's got a whole website. Devoted for years now to speaking to Iranians, um, speaking about Iranian issues, speaking about Persian culture. And he has all no in kind. Italian in Rome. No ties to Iran at all. He's just interested. That's Isn't so that great? fascinating.
1: Yeah. And, it and he has how- a big following. Really? Yeah. Italians themselves have a pretty strong culture, so that's that's yeah. really, that's a question for me. <laughs> How uh, did he we well, get into Iranian culture? Maybe you could culture? start
0: a, a blog about Italians <laughs> yeah, <really?
1: laughs>
0: as yeah. a response to Anything's it. possible like these you. days. Uh, so all of that coming up in the coming days on Rook. If you do like what you hear on this program, we uh, ask you to become patrons of our show. You can go to our website, rookmedia.com, rookmedia.com and uh, just press the support us button. All of our episodes and guests and information, all of it is at our website. And um, we really appreciate it, especially if you're a regular listener of this program and you like what we do, $5, $10 a month, Keon. Mm-hmm. Yeah?
1: yeah, it definitely keeps us alive. So if you like what you hear, this is a way to support us.
0: So I, I just, I want to get to our guests, but I, I, I just wanted to mention that I took my, uh, a shout out to Moshtaba and Manachair. I took my car. I, I, <laughs> my car is actually not even that old. It's like uh, less than a, a couple of years old. But uh, um, it was having some problem with the brake pads. I had taken it to the dealership, and the dealership said, "Oh yeah, you worn down your your brake pads, so we can replace that for you." It's like two thousand oh, dollars, and I, uh, right. it seemed like a lot. So I, uh, or way too much. Uh, I called my cousin, who's the best. He he's knows all things cars, and he goes, "I, I know a guy. I got I got somebody for you." <laughs> Go see Moshtaba. <laughs>
1: it's always a Mosh So turns love down, love
0: turn, it turns down Yeah, that yeah. Turns down is is up in Sto Stouville. Now if you live in we live in Canada, we live in Toronto. It's a it's a big city and you'd have to drive at least an hour north of where I live downtown which I did early Saturday morning to go up and see this I mean there's a garage somewhere in you know in a field yeah. you know and the writing like the the, the sign, the, the sign on, the, on the garage is in Farsi <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, what, what's happening it. to my country my life is flashing before it. my eyes I mean when I grew up you know in this not far from this area after we came from England it was all white people and conservative oh, yeah. and you know there was and now you know some garage up in stoville so i think it's called like dad's auto garage or something like that i I showed it to you the
3: side right (laughs) (laughs) so i get there
0: but here's the story i mean and i gotta i gotta thank them they fixed it but not not without some heartache because uh because i get up there and and i see the guy coming out and i go oh uh um, half percent. And so I started by speaking Farsi, right? Uh-huh. So then the guy is talking to me in Farsi, and then, like, after about a minute or two, he goes, <laughs> like he's kind of like. <laughs> oh and, and
3: yeah,
0: and I'm going, oh, to that English. Don't you, madam? I grew up in England. That's why I don't speak Persian so well. <laughs> you know he's like, and he's making me feel. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> oh my kid that I brought to Canada can speak better than you, right? And hurts. so I'm, I'm feeling really you know, kind of like bad about this. And then the <laughs> other guy comes and he goes, Manacher! He's like screaming across the garage to the other guy. Manacher, <laughs> don't talk to this guy. He's like pointing at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> God. <laughs>
3: you
0: God. Know? Like he's calling me a foreigner, right?
3: <laughs>
1: so Canada. I'm
0: feeling so bad about myself. And then I thought, you know, this is such an interesting socio-cultural study wow, here because yeah. I, where are we i'm, I'm <laughs> in stove i'm in like rural ontario at this point and I'm feeling bad because I can't speak Persian. It's like, dude, why are you guys not speaking English with me, right? Uh, so I mean, I love the guy, you know, we ended up having some French fries together.
3: <laughs> me and Mushtabar, You know, we're hanging out now. That's it. He fixed
0: the brake pads, uh, but, and it's so funny. They got this whole ecosystem. At one point he was like, uh, you know, he's like, go, go. Thirteen kilometers over here. Talk to a guy like Mohammad Reza, and that guy will give you something, and then bring it back here. Like, I, I was wow. running around. Yeah, he's making phone calls. You go, you know, he's got. And they're, they're all Persians, and none yeah. of them speak English to me. So the picture you
3: showed me now, I understand it's Toronto. I thought it's in Gazvin or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really?
0: Yeah, no, it's it's like it's just north of the city. But yeah, I mean, it's it it's amazing. It's amazing oh. that Persian culture it, yeah. that that somebody feels comfortable mm. being there. And and then and when I, while I was there, all these clients started coming. You know, I need my windshield done. I need my tires done. Oh, They're all Persians. Wow! Like he's like, oh, that's all. You know, like, I'm the only one like who was like, and and he has to explain to each each new person that comes in. Be- you know, it's like Bad man John. But he didn't have that <laughs> he force You know. <laughs> maybe I want to talk to somebody and like, he was stop. yelling at me like oh. he was like uh, shame on uh, you <laughs> and I'd be like um, the brakes, right <laughs> He was just like screaming like that. I don't know. Anyway, so. This
1: is why I don't speak Persian Uh, when I go to Persian places just to make my life easier. That would have been the
0: game. Right. To not even let on (laughs) (laughs) because they're going to get mad at you for not speaking well enough. It's so weird. Shame on
1: you. This is your mother tongue. And he
0: didn't, there was never a moment where he had any shame or any (laughs) issue that he doesn't speak English. There was nothing, you know. And the best part was when I was like, uh, no, because, you know, the dealership said, and he was like, (laughs) you know, like these people here don't know anything like (laughs) your your dealership. You know, Uh, it was great. uh. Uh. It was great. Anyway, thank you to Moshtaba and Mano Chair for the, (laughs) I owe you some. uh, Next time I'll turn up with some baklava or something for the boys. Uh, I know we got some letters to get to after Shirin. yeah
1: yeah we have some letters from uh what was it the uh, Jasmine darsnik episode as well as the Persian yoga Persian yoga yeah. yes
0: Zulkhune. Zulkhune, uh,
1: yeah. I'm <laughs> some to that. opinions on that yes
0: all right we will get to that letters of the week coming up the fabulous Keon Captain Reza groovy shy stick around let's get to our featured guest our guest today is a dancer, a TV presenter, a producer, and a jewelry designer. But you may know her from her very frank and energetic online presence. Shirin Naseri was born in Mashhad, grew up in Tehran, and spent her teenage years in Frankfurt, Germany. In 2014, Shirin moved to the UK and did a Master's in Design and Branding Strategy at Brunel University London, after which she established her own brand called Shirin Nasseri Handcrafted Jewelry. And it was soon after that in which Shirin's life changed as she became a high profile broadcaster, on Manoto TV as of 2015. She started at Manoto in the newsroom as a presenter and segment producer and then later moved to the entertainment department and co-presented a primetime celebrity game show called Thursday Night Show or Shabby Jome. Given her lifelong passion for dance, Shirin then launched a documentary dance series on Manoto called Shirin Dance in which she travels to different parts of the world and explores the world of dance in each region as well as learning the culture. The first series came out in January 2019, consisting of three episodes about different styles of dance in the UK and Ireland, hip-hop, ballroom, and folk. And in the second series, which aired in autumn 2019, Sheen went to India and learned about different styles of Indian dance. She has since left Manotoy and is now working on the third part of the dance series independently, as well as launching a new business, doing podcasts, selling her jewelry, and living the life of a multi-passionate entrepreneur, as she calls herself. And right now, Shirin Naseri joins me from London, England today. Hello.
4: Hi, Jian. Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction.
0: It's such a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks for doing this.
4: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm really excited. I'm trying to keep it cool.
0: (laughs) I want to get into your time as a Manoto TV personality. I want to get into your time, uh, well, your lifelong passion for dance and the current documentary you're working on. But let me um, start with a through line, if you will, that seems to form the underpinning of all that you do or say, if I've watched your social media enough. A lot of your message sharing is about being genuine. You repeat okay. that a lot. What does being genuine mean to you, and why is it so important for you to keep talking about that?
4: Um, that's a tough question. I was not expecting that for, as the first question. Okay, genuine. Be yourself. Uh, that is what I try to spread uh, through my presence in digital world yes basically because in our society in Iran we are taught from the first day we entered the society outside the, like our first circle of family uh, we are taught to represent something else, aside from who we really are, because we have to. We go to school as a girl, as a six-year-old girl, I have to put uh, a hijab on my head. Uh, And we keep, um, our parents keep telling us, listen, if when you went to school, don't say we had alcohol last night, don't say this. So we learn from the early stages to have two or many, variations of our characters Mm. some of them are not even our character are made up and i was lucky that i i never was encouraged by my parents and my family to change myself that much Mm. so uh, i didn't lose that authenticity uh, as as much as a lot of people probably had to i think unintentionally or um like very under the radar I was being encouraged for however I was by family, relatives friends huh. so unconsciously I learned that this is how I get more audience and I think naturally and by uh, instinct I like to have audience
0: well that's interesting let me come to that but you uh you may not have been ready for this as your first question but that was a really interesting answer I didn't I wouldn't have necessarily tied the genuine, uh, the the notion of of um, embracing being genuine with with cultural suppression, and yet it makes sense in terms of the way you're casting it and what you're saying. Do you almost say it when you post something on Instagram and you reinforce it, for example, by saying "be be yourself, be be genuine"? Are you almost simultaneously saying this to your audience, to your followers, to your fans? And saying it to yourself as well, reminding yourself not to be suppressed somehow.
4: No, uh, I cannot be something else. Maybe that's an, that's a weakness. Maybe, um, or maybe it is both strength and weakness.
0: So you don't need to be reminded to be genuine. That this comes. Yeah. This this is just you. You've learned that about um, yourself.
4: Yeah, I don't need to be reminded because I can't. I can't. Not to be genuine.
0: Hmm. I mean, I guess everyone would like to say something like that, but having watched what you do, I believe you. <laughs> I believe that you could only be, you. I mean, you are very open about yourself and interacting online with your fans. One gets the sense, first of all, that there's no topic. That in general, that's off limits to you. Is that true? You you are ready to be open when you post something online or when you uh, when you do the kind of work you do in the public sphere. Is that true?
4: Yes and no, uh, no because uh, there are some some stuff that I don't like to talk about. It not because I'm afraid of you know in the sense that I don't censor myself, mm-hmm. but I don't think my audience sometimes is ready to. Uh, have empathy with what I say so they would interpret it very wrongly and It will affect people who are not me. I I have talked about my previous Relationship on someone else's page, but I didn't talk about it on my own page because my my audience is so shuffled from different Categories that they might not even comprehend what I am trying to say um, can you give Can you give a specific
0: example of what you mean? Because it's it sounds okay. Quite, yeah, so, go ahead.
4: because most people think black and white, and they don't see gray. Hmm. And if I say something about divorce, they will go straight to the worst case scenario. I see. I don't need to explain to whoever I don't know who is behind that camera about my life in that regard. Yeah, a
0: couple of days ago. I mean, just to give people a reference, you posted a video of yourself washing dishes and just talking live to your followers. I mean, it has almost a hundred thousand views. This is, to be clear, this is not a uh, sexy quote-unquote TikTok video. Nor are you are you really saying or doing anything outrageous. I mean, you're just washing dishes and talking like a normal person. Most yeah. people, Shireen, <laughs> couldn't post a video of themselves doing dishes and get 100K clicks in a day or two. Why do you think people are so interested in you?
4: I think because I talk about things that uh, a lot of people hold back to talk about those things. I make fun of myself, first of all, so they don't think that I, I I'm looking down on them because I'm not. i'm nobody people think um, on clubhouse a lot of times people have mentioned this to me oh we are so surprised that a person like you is so hockey humble Mm -hmm. and i'm like who is this the person like me like what do you mean a person like because Gian, i i haven't come from a famous background Mm -hmm. my family was not a celebrity or even a rich family in the first place. And I'm not rich anyway, but people think because I was on TV, I'm rich.
0: Right, right.
4: Yeah, I think the reason why they love to watch it is because they see a young woman making fun of herself, not trying to fit into this beautiful image and talk nonsense and in in between throw some useful points as well. For people
0: to learn you're certainly genuine when you uh as you say when when you're washing your, your dishes and do, do you when you talk about important points for people to learn do you go into something a situation like that a live instagram knowing what you're going to talk about or do you does this just no. come out of you
4: no i don't know what i'm going to talk about i talk about things people comment and say
0: Uh, You know, getting to know you a little bit in recent weeks and in preparation for this interview, thinking about you and hearing you now talk about your desire to be, not just your desire to be genuine, but your inability to be anything else. But it is... Somehow, at least in my experience, having been on network TV for many years in my past, uh, it, it can be incompatible with being yeah. on a big network, you know, where people are, to a certain extent, expected to to be in line. So let me... Um, let me continue this thread of genuineness, this idea, and ask you about your time on Manitoba, because you are best known to many Iranians around the world for your years at Manitoba Television, first as a news presenter, as I said in the intro, then as a as one of the hosts of a popular program, Joy Joymeh, Thursday night. Uh, then for your dance series, you know, when I see you on Manotol, when I look back at those programs, I do still see Shireen with your radiant personality, but you have described your time there as really confining, like you were in some sort of cage. Did you feel like you could not be genuine on network TV? I
4: felt that I cannot be genuine to a hundred percent. Yes. And I think if I was on ITV or BBC, or any other show that is not Farsi, I could be myself. Now you can tell me if I'm wrong or right.
0: Why do you think that? Why do you think the Farsi element, the Persian element, makes it less uh, possible to be genuine?
4: Because when I watch uh, Western shows, English, British shows, uh, I find a lot of people being however they are, even on Gogglebox, right? The Gogglebox, the English version, they are how they are. And I know a lot of people judge them as well. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. But on Iranian goggle box, people already have, everyone has a mask on. On Joma, I was my the, the closest I was to my myself. But again, if I hated someone, I couldn't show that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I couldn't be 100%. I, I don't like to be teamed up with someone that I hate or I don't have respect for, and I was teamed up for with people that I didn't have respect for. I know. Maybe I'm not a corporate person, or maybe I'm not a, a TV person. I don't know.
0: So let, let me take this one step at a time. Who who was the person that we would have been seeing on Manitou then? Who was the Shirin that we were seeing on Shabijomé?
4: Oh, it was Shirin. It was just a bit... Uh, A more lady version of Shiri.
0: I mean, so wouldn't that be the same if you were working in a Tesco shop or, um, you know, representing or or working on an airline? Or, I mean, isn't that just like part of the working for a company? You have to kind of follow the rules?
4: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I get. That's what I say. That's why I say maybe I should be an entrepreneur because I can't work for someone else because then I have to fit into their box yeah
0: but uh, but there is something to the we had pune kodusi on the show not too long ago yes. maybe you know her personally in fact she's in london so and and she of course famously has been on bbc persian and yeah. bbc world and on bbc world in english she had 10 times the audience but yes. she said that it was so much easier for her not dealing with the Persian audience and you know the sort of fickle nature of, of the, the viewers of BBC Persian. It's kind of an indictment of our community. Why is it so hard?
4: <laughs> I know why.
0: Okay, you tell me.
4: The reason is we Iranians inside Iran are being so oppressed, so oppressed, Listen, like, if you imagine the Moslow's hierarchy, they are in the base of their needs. They are struggling to fight for food and, like, the basic needs of a society. So they cannot cherish, they cannot be creative because creativity and cherish is at the top of that pyramid. Therefore, they have been deprived from having the ability to consider other scenarios in life. It's hard to accept. It's hard to imagine this freedom that we have here. It's not still complete freedom. But
0: but so the part that I don't understand is, I mean, I get the suppression that you're talking about in Iran, um, yeah. but isn't the fact that you have this big following... As the woman washing her dishes and being as open as you are now, isn't that a testament to the fact that people want to see, quote unquote, as yeah. we say, genuine people? So, why wouldn't Manitoba want you to be who you are? So that, because clearly that's what the audience is interested
4: in. Wow. Manitoba was not like you shouldn't be this or you shouldn't be that. Uh, but why I felt like I should, this time for me to leave Manitoba was just the fact that. Uh, my standards and my values didn't um, match theirs mm. and uh, I didn't get the respect that I needed to get um, I have a lot of skills and abilities and I was being suppressed e- either by uh, I don't know what politics played in every every corporation and it's, it's in- inevitable but I couldn't because they knew I can, and I the roof was too low for me.
0: Mm. When did you know you could no longer be comfortable at Manitoba, that you wanted to leave? Was there a moment?
4: After Shirin Dance in India finished, I demanded promotion in terms of the projects that I get, because I could. And... Um, the opposite in a way happened i'm not saying intentionally or whatever but it wasn't the right way to as a, the, the leader or the man the person who is managing that should have done it rightly and they didn't and they demoted me hmm. instead so i was like listen this mindset that if I left Manitoba, it's not my my life doesn't come to an end, and that's the mindset that there was, it was going on, and I couldn't accept that because, I mean, I have so many uh, talents that I can do as you can see already. I didn't become backbashed
0: Right, I mean that said, was it hard to leave a gig that comes with a regular paycheck and comes with some celebrity and all of that?
4: The paycheck only celebrity no doesn't I, I don't mind if I if all these followers go away right now really I don't mind I can write and uh, sign it sign it for you but uh, the paycheck of course and pandemic I quit in the middle of pandemic at the peak of pandemic but sometimes I do stupid things however I take risks but I took therapy sessions and my therapist pulled me out of the darkness, and everything just switched. Mm. She just flicked the switch, and my mentality and point of view switched into, why do you keep saying, what if I can't? Darling, what if you fly? Mm. It took time. I did my homework, but yeah.
0: You just said a moment ago, you don't care if all your followers go away. Yeah. Um, forgive me, I believe you're being genuine, but at the same time, I don't believe you, because... I mean,
4: I, I enjoy interacting with people, hmm. but if I lose these followers, I will get a, another follower somewhere else um, That's what I mean. A um, a lot of people who were angry with me leaving Manitou said, do you know that this fame, you owe it to Manoto? Do you know that this number of followers, you owe it to Manitou? And I was like, yes, yes, I know that. And I'm not saying no, but half of the job was mine. I did the work as well. It's a two-way road, first of all. Second of all, if you all want to unfollow me, please do. And, and I feel really like, I feel really good because I became the rude bitch that I can be and still gained followers. And my friends and family were kind of concerned where they were like, Shirin, darling, don't do that. It will, your followers will drop, up, my darling. And I said, okay, let them drop. I'm not, he- I'm not here to please them. We are here to please each other. That's what I'm saying.
0: Uh, by the way, before you go too far with the rude bitch stuff, if there's one overriding feeling i have you know following you on social media is, is is positivity you're you you usually have a very positive infectious energy in case anybody doesn't follow you and is listening to this thinking that you're <laughs> you're some dour morose angry person you're i, I mean I, I missed the 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 one the the live that you did where you got angry at someone yeah. i always just see this uh i mean i talk about the infectious energy i feel from you which is always very positive
4: I love ranting after I left Manazo. One thing that I enjoy is that I can rant
0: yes it 's harder to rant when you when you have a corporate and by the way, when you said earlier you know, uh, I wonder if it would be the same if I was on an English network. It, it, it is, I mean, it's certainly if you're with a, maybe not with a private network, but certainly the BBC, having worked in public broadcasting uh, for years, it, you know, it's it's like the equivalent of uh, being a politician. You have to watch what you say, you're always on guard because somebody's going, you're the BBC person, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be saying that. So I don't think you would find your, your Garden of Eden uh, working at BBC, even if it wasn't English. <laughs>
4: Maybe. Yes, I think so too. But what about the comedians, the hosts of these game shows, they can rant. True. Well, yes,
0: there's a difference between a presenter and somebody who is a comedian and and so it, yeah. it, it depends on the gig you have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yes, yeah. Something that's interesting about your confidence is you've said that you realized how confident you were you first really realized it when you ended up on TV what was it about being on Manitou that made you realize that you have this confidence that seemingly you've always had
4: Nobody told me before I came on TV that oh my god you're so confident maybe it's because I was never I didn't ever have any audience as, apart from my friends and family I wasn't a famous person in any scale right so I didn't know that. But after I came on TV, because strangers then knew me, they said, you're very confident, both in a negative and a positive Mm -hmm. format. Some people hated the fact that I have confidence. They got sick. Some people loved it and got Mm -hmm. inspired. And I fixate on that part.
0: Let me ask you about dance. I mean, there's certainly a freedom of expression in you. I, As I said, I call it infectious. You you are clearly passionate about dance, and that yeah. has been your focus in recent years when you did the dance series for Manitore, yeah. and you're doing a dance documentary, continuing on that in, independently now. I know you've always loved dance. What is it about dance that makes it such a focus for you?
4: You've definitely heard that dance like no one's watching. <laughs> when I am dancing, that's all I care. Like... I don't care if I look like a monkey.
0: And this passion comes from your mom, yes?
4: I, I remember this vivid thing. She played modern talking, Sherry, Sherry, lady, like that. Ah. And she said, When I was 18, I used to dance like this. I was even thinner than you. That, I remember that vividly. Yeah. Don't
0: don't get me started on modern talking, a band that no one has heard of except for iranians but, but but anyway, it's very genuine that you have a passion for them. Let me ask you a little bit about your childhood and dance because you have quite a story. I mean, those of us who have a globalized kind of upbringing uh can can barely match someone like you, you're the zigzag of your childhood. You were born in Mashhad in Iran. Then you end up moving to Dubai as a little kid, then back to Iran, then to Germany in your teens, and in the early 2000s, uh, and then back to Iran before hmm. moving to the UK. Were you dancing in all of those places?
4: I mean, not professionally, unfortunately, but yes. I've been dancing in all of them, all of them.
0: Your parents are teachers, though. I mean, to ask you seriously, yeah. what, what were the uh, effects of such a nomadic upbringing on you? H- have you been able to assess that?
4: Sure. Uh, one thing that it's always a topic of uh, conversation, for instance, with morale, uh, if people had morale on your show, they know that she loves Iran, and she was born in that home, and she she has built a home here. Maral is my best friend, and when we talk about it, this is always something like, I'm like, I don't understand what you call, like, you know? I don't feel like, oh, I miss walking mm-hmm. in that s- particular street in Iran or something. And that is why probably because we kept moving. Houses, cities, countries. And um, I move quite easily from house to house. Even in, in the UK now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in movies when you see parents are like, Kids, we are selling the house. And they're like, oh no, what about my boxes of shit? Like in the, in the attic. I'm like, what, what about them? I threw all my... Diaries away, as were all the gifts I got from my boyfriends away. Like, what are you talking about? But the first time that happened to me was my last apartment, which I got it solely. I bought the furniture, I lived alone in it. And when I had to let go and move, that was the first time I felt and I cried and I said goodbye to the house. Other than that, I never felt. Even moving countries or something, and probably that's because since I was born, we kept moving, and I didn't feel like. Uh, yeah,
0: I mean that's crazy. I mean that I knew this about you because you joined us on Clubhouse. We had a Rook Town Hall not too long ago, and and when I asked you where you considered home, which was kind of the topic of that town hall, you said you don't feel like you belong anywhere. And I yes. and I wonder if that feeling especially because you obviously know people who feel very attached to a country or a home or a street or all the things you've just described, is is the feeling of not belonging anywhere a difficult feeling for you or an emancipating one, something that feels like freedom?
4: (laughs) That's a good question. Uh, No, because I feel belong to people instead of places.
3: Hmm.
4: Um, it might I might be wrong, but I think that I can build a home wherever where I go with the people. I'm not really a, 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 a too picky kind of a person. I'm happy with one or two people around me, and I can call it like a family or a home or something. Uh, I cannot have my parents. I haven't been successful having my parents over here in the UK yet. But I'm sure if they come here, then Iran doesn't mean that much to me.
0: That means you, I guess you haven't seen your parents for a few years, huh? Yeah. That's not easy.
4: No. As you get older, even it becomes even more serious the fact like because you become more mature and you rel- realize that all those times where you were frustrated with their tall or whatever was valuable and yes. you didn't really cherish it.
0: And I'm guessing because you were on Manotur, it's not an option for you to go back to Iran. No. When you talk to someone like, by the way, it's, it's Maral Mohammadi, the fabulous artist and, and presenter on Iran International that you're referencing when you talk about Maral, who was on our program. When you talk about her missing Iran so much and considering at home, um, there's something about, I mean, as difficult as it is, for example, for someone like Maral living in, in London and, and not being in Iran, there's something about loving a place so much and identifying it so much as your home that is quite beautiful, like something that you you don't have.
4: Hmm. I understand why Maral, for, we are making example with Maral because yes. I know she doesn't mind. Okay. Uh, I understand why Maral would feel so attached and miss uh, Iran and have feelings because she wasn't on the move constantly. And she has made deep friendships, aside from her family, in Iran. Because we were on the move constantly, I have really close friends, but I kept having to say goodbye to them.
0: But it's very very generous of you that you're not angry at your parents for this. I mean, (laughs) not that I want to foster some... I
4: had so much fun. I learned so much stuff. I saw so much going to dubai when we went to dubai dubai was nothing
0: but most kids don't want to leave you know one neighborhood to go to the next one to have to move their high school you're moving from country to country to country it 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 never bugged you or pissed you off that you had to keep making new friends
4: no i'm broken
0: no you're not you're very (laughs) i'm very impressed with how i mean it's great good for you and good for your parents i mean they've done a good job of it i suppose
4: yeah, jerks aside, I don't, uh, I don't feel anything, and I don't have any anger towards it. I am grateful for what, what that matters, because uh, the experience that I've gained, um, maybe the fact that I am so comfortable living the rest of my life outside Iran as an independent person, yes. independently, maybe I owe it to that.
0: Absolutely, you're you're solid. You're solid. You don't feel like you're you're. There's part of you that's missing. That's that's. I mean, that's amazing. There's a moment in 2006 when you were in Germany as a teenager, and your parents. I think if I have this story right, your parents say to you, "They will support you uh, if you stay in Germany. They're going to go back to Iran, but if you want to stay there, you have some, you have some family there. You can make your life in the West. They'll let you do that. They will support you doing that. And you say. You want to return to Iran. Why?
4: (laughs) Because I was a teenager who had a internet boyfriend in Iran, first boyfriend, and all she wanted to do was to go and date him properly like a stupid person would do. I think that was a lie telling my parents because I couldn't tell them about the boyfriend. I said, what about my friends? Oh, my God. Like, I will die without my friends.
0: Was the boy worth it when you got back to Iran?
4: Oh, definitely. He wasn't a bad boy. Uh, We dated for, like, a good three years. Okay. Yeah.
0: So you go back to Iran, and you end up doing industrial design uh, in yeah. University in Tehran, it's interesting if you' if your passion is dancing since you're a kid, it, I, I don't know the answer to this. Is dancing even an option in University in Tehran? Would it wasn't
4: I- an option at all. so it we wouldn't even say, "Oh, I wish I could do dancing." No. Um, it was just a passion hobby. Uh, and I was doing as much as I could. I would watch. I was into Bollywood that that time, very severely. <laughs> and I would, uh, instead of going out with my friends or going out with my parents cycling in the nature of beautiful nature of Frankfurt, I would I would stay at home are very, very, very small home apartment and uh, I would uh, put the Indian music videos on slow motion so I can break down the moves and then copy them and then practice them and then perform them for friends and family. That's
0: all. I mean, you know, it's uh, a few years later in 2019, you end up going to India and doing a documentary on dance yeah. where you're, you're dancing on camera. So you've actualized some of your dreams.
4: Yes, yes. India is by far the best thing that happened to me. It's the best of the best experience that I have Um, because I went to the country where I always dreamt. I photoshopped my pictures on this celebrity's wedding picture on his wife's face. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, uh, I owe it to my passion for dance. I have a... Mixed feelings, to be honest, with Yujian. Because I left Manoto with a heavy, no, not heavy heart, with a br- broken heart in a way, I was proud to be doing Shirin, But a lot of it went in a direction where I didn't want it to go because I wasn't the producer. It's my baby who is dressed by its stepmom The Mean Stepmom. I don't watch it, unfortunately. I can't watch it. Uh,
0: Even though you're doing a new part to it coming up, you're going to continue it without Manitore.
4: Yeah, I'm continuing it in another format and everything uh, in in English language. I love what I will be doing, but I cannot watch what is already done because I get cringe. That's
0: hard. That's hard. Yeah. When you, um, when you were talking about loving dance and being in Frankfurt and and sitting home and watching the Bollywood uh, dance, why why Bollywood? Why Indian dancing? Why, I mean, why not salsa or jazz or hip hop or what? What was it about Bollywood and and those dance styles that so resonated for you?
4: Because since I can remember, literally since I can remember, ZTV was on. ZTV is MTV for India. Okay. But when we went to Dubai, I was probably four, and we had ZTV on. My mom recorded so many Indian music on VHS. Wow. And then when I was in middle school, uh, my uncle came to Iran from the U.S. and he said, guys, I know this Indian movie called it means, it means sometimes sorrow, sometimes happiness. You should watch it. We watched it. We were in tears, all of us, because it's such an emotional movie. And I fell in love with the actor, and I started my weblog about him.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Number one fan. Yeah.
0: When you're in your late teens and uh, uh, early 20s, I guess, in, in Iran, you end up teaching Zumba yeah. uh, as a substitute for dance. Now, can you explain for non-Iranians how, how dance is not allowed, but Zumba is, or, or how Zumba becomes the closest you can get to what you wanted to do with dance?
4: Sure. Basically, women can dance uh, if they are in a only women uh, group. A uh, closed area. we as women, we cannot dance in the street or some in public. We can't. We don't have nightclubs in Iran as you should know, uh, but there are night parties um, at in houses of black people's homes, but that's still illegal. So police can barge in and uh, arrest people. however, if that party is only for women, if that gym class, Zumba class, is only for women, taught by women, only women, that's fine. Um, So, I didn't know about Zumba. I did four or five years Arabic, constant Arabic classes because I was interested in rhythmic movement with music. Uh, And then uh, one year... I went to register or sign up for the new term. And I saw people doing Zumba, like the African style, which I, I, I love. And so I said, what? That's what? what is this? What is that? And she was like, that's called Zumba. I was like, oh, show me more. So um, I went and because I have a shimgan, I have a talent uh, for dance. This is this is something that I know. I'm, I'm not saying I'm a professional dancer, but I learn quick, and I get it. You have so a knack.
0: I, you have a knack for dancing.
4: Exactly, I have a knack for dancing. So I picked up the move so quickly. My instructor got impressed. She said, "I will t- make you an instructor." She introduced me to two other gyms. I became a an in- a Zumba instructor, but again. Because of oh, the sanctions and everything with Iran, Zumba company doesn't do, it doesn't have any business with Iran. Therefore, we don't have licensed teachers there. Uh, and if you want to be licensed, you have to go to Dubai or Turkey and get the license or something, and it's very expensive. And I wasn't a rich kid, but I came to the UK and I got my license here. Mm. Yeah.
0: When you arrive in the UK in 2014, I mean, it's officially to do your master's. Did you know that you had left Iran forever at that point? Was that the intention?
4: I wanted to leave Iran for good. But I didn't at all want to work at Manitou, not because of anything. I we loved watching Manitou back in Iran. Not because of that, because I never wanted to become famous.
0: But hang on, hang on a second. Before Manitoba, let me. I'll get to that. But, but, yeah. but when you when you leave to come to the UK oh. to do your masters, do, do, it, when you're leaving Iran at that point, when you're saying goodbye to your parents, when you're, did you have a sense that this is going to be it for you, or did you go thinking you might actually return to Iran?
4: No, no, I didn't think that I would return unless I had to, uh-huh. unless I had to. But. I didn't think that I can't go back to Iran at all. Yeah. Right,
0: right. And within a year, you apply for and get this job at Manitou. It's quite a... I mean, you are someone who seems to be able to just make things happen wherever you go. Uh, You didn't have much broadcasting experience. How is it that they suddenly put Shirin Naseri on air? I mean,
4: two reasons. One, I am very lucky. Second, you don't really... I mean, I didn't become a news journalist. Right. I became a news presenter in the segment of social media, trending news within social media. And I had uh, skills for that because I was good with social media. I knew uh, a lot of computer softwares and everything, and I am a designer and everything. So, And, 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 and my audition went really well, surprisingly well. Yeah, so it went well, and for I don't want to say this. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it will cause any legal shit. But you don't really need journalism background to be employed by Manitoba.
0: Well, you don't need journalism background to be employed by any news or any TV. There network. you go. You know, yeah. you, there's yeah. talented people who don't necessarily haven't done gone to journalism school. But yeah. you you seem to be making a point about Manitoba. <laughs> in particular, <laughs> do you want to make that point?
4: Manoto is, uh, is like a, a, university, a college for their staff. They train people. I learned so much from Manoto. I mean, I wouldn't, I would never become an editor if, if it was not because of Manoto, of course. But where I think they're making the mistake is you invest in people. You shouldn't let go of people that easily. So they don't deny the fact that we help people shine in their best Mm. possible way, but yeah.
0: It's so interesting, you know. and I I totally get it but from the outside sometimes we see things and they look just dreamy I mean you had a very successful run at Manitore for a few years here's this woman young woman comes from Iran suddenly she's storming up the charts you know she's got this one uh, show and she moves to another show and she's got this prominent gig and then she gets to do her dance documentaries Uh, but behind the scenes you you said you were having panic attacks you were um not enjoying your time there, what what happened?
4: panic attacks only uh, apply for when I was in news and because that was completely far from the person that I I am. Okay. This is truth that a lot of people who are in senior levels don't know how to act professionally or didn't know maybe mm. at that time, maybe they have been educated now but uh, back then I remember I was harassed like verbally shouted at and bullied in front of the whole crew in the studio because I got panicked on live television and I had to say excuse me and then continue and instead of the right way to deal with it. I got shouted at and had humiliated, in, in extremely humiliated in front of people. So,
0: but nevertheless, you stay at Manitoba for a few years after that.
4: I had no choice back then. Why is that? Because I was a junior and uh, I was afraid. I was younger, and I found my way around it. I proved the point that you cannot talk to me like that. Hmm. And I got out of news. I did something about it because my problem was not Manotur at that time. My problem was that particular person. Hmm.
0: Shane, you said that when you finally left Manotur, I mean, this was only a, a year, a couple of years ago, you felt like you were leaving Iran for a second time. Heavy, mm. heavy thing to say can you can you explain what you mean
4: for a person like me who doesn't really love our if you want to say culture or the way people interact with each other let's call it culture I'm not a fan of our culture at least the modern way because I love the art the architecture the whatever I don't like the way we interact with each other and a manor is a small scale, is a sample of the country.
0: Oh, it's a microcosm of what you'd find in Iran, you feel.
4: Yes. And to be honest with you, if I was happy with the way it was being managed, I wouldn't leave. So I find a lot of similarity with how it is like, oh, no, we are... We, we, we are a family, but we are not a family. We are a family and some of you people who we tell you that you are a family, but only when we want you to be a family.
0: Yeah, I was going to say I mean without belaboring it, that strand of or that nature of Iranian culture that you don't that you have a distaste for, that you mm-hmm. say you find the microcosm of, of in Manitou. can you describe what what that is?
4: Yeah, it's the high level of people's nose in each other's business. Hmm. It's extremely high. From the closest circle to the society that you live in, everyone feels that they have the right to comment on your personal matters when you don't want their comment. But the most of it is the fact that it's just, it's people having two faces and being hypocrites. Yes.
0: Why do we want to put our noses in everything and two-faced and all of that?
4: I mean, every society evolves and uh, learns from their mistakes and comes up with new rules as a government like women couldn't vote 100 years ago in the UK, now they can. Rules are changing, people are being educated, kids are being taught that in school, you shouldn't think that because you're a girl, you should love pink, or you should be a princess and look for your princess. These updates are not being applied to our country. New versions of the app is not being updated. Hmm.
0: It's a pretty sad assessment of uh, yeah. contemporary Iran. Uh, not yeah. just not just already behind, but lagging behind in the progress as well.
4: Yeah. Um, it is very.
0: Before I before I let you go, I I'm curious about what all of what you do, what it what it is about for you, because you've said a couple of times. You said you didn't come to Manitou for celebrity. Uh, you've told me that you didn't go into media for fame. Uh, this was yeah. It was like you, you wanted a job and you got a yeah. job. Um, but, uh, you know, at the same time, you've you've got podcasts. You do regular yeah. Instagram live sessions. You're planning a new series on dance. You You do put yourself out there. You are yeah. a public person. So if it's not about fame or if it's not about celebrity, or if it's not about being known, what is it about?
4: Uh, I enjoy having an audience, but it doesn't mean that if I was not in a, a public figure, if I did not start my job in Manitoba or any television, I would pay people to get numbers of followers. Mm. That's all. I like to have audience, but I will not force people to have me as their a presenter.
0: Right, right, right. But what's the difference between not not wanting fame and wanting an audience? Really, I don't know what's the what's the difference.
4: I mean, if I okay again, yeah, I wouldn't want to become very famous in the UK because the celebrity's life is always under. the camera and radar. I don't want to be followed. I don't want to be, uh, be, I don't know, Billie Eilish, who everyone now recognizes. No. And I am famous in Iran. But when I go out here, nobody gives a damn about who I am, really. I like that. So I have control. Mm. I like to be in control.
0: Uh, it's been such a pleasure. Merci. Thank you for this. Thanks for the time. Thanks for sharing so much. Thanks for the empathy and the honesty. And uh, looking forward to seeing you in person before too long.
4: Thank you, Jean. I had the best time. Thank you for having me. And love to all of your team and you. And talk to you later.
0: Merci. Khodafis. Khodafis. Shirin Nasiri, the dancer, TV presenter, producer, jewelry designer. You can find her on her popular Instagram page. I am Shirin. I am Shirin with two N's on the end. Shirin Nasiri joined us from London, England today. Microphones back on for the fabulous Keon, Captain Reza, and Groovy Shia. Nice to have Sheeran on the program. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, <laughs> it was a
3: friendly chat, and I, I, I'm surprised how she's uh, angry of uh,
0: working in Manoto. I'm very frank. She's very frank about her experience. Or her experience yeah. there for sure.
1: Yeah, I can understand how she's angry with an irani network. It's it's. Pretty difficult to work with. Um, I mean, I might strike a nerve <laughs> saying this, but uh, in general, working with Iranians is difficult. Like she got yelled at. That to me is not okay.
2: Have you have you had an experience working for a pr- uh, Iranian network?
1: Y- uh, well, I've had experience hosting Iranian events, mm-hmm. and the problem is, it's like the Wild West. There's no. Law, they don't, it's not regulated. They just mm. like plan everything like, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So I can only imagine how it is working for an, an Iranian network.
0: But we don't know if that's the way it was in the, in, for the network or if she just had a bad experience True. or a bad boss or whatever. But yeah. I can
1: only assume that's mm. what she means.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's, she's, she's very energetic. Like for mm. somebody, um, in her position I, I mean that comes from uh, her background i think her energy and she's being such an upbeat and positive person mm-hmm. she's a dancer i've never met like a debbie downer dancer really or somebody who's like i don't know john you've had a lot of experience like with, with dancers? dancers and <laughs> musicians not because you're a musician i'm uh, i can only assume that you've <laughs> Met quite no, I, a few think, of them I think dancers are, are
0: humans like everybody else. They have their <laughs> really? ups and downs. It's Captain uh, Reza, she also touched
1: an interesting point, saying that when you're living in Iran, you basically have to put on a mask like to the public. You're basically trained to lie as a child. You're, you know, when you go to school, make sure you say, you know, this, this, mm. and that. Mm-hmm. She so did say that. I, I don't know about you guys, but I've noticed that there's like a completely different, like. My experience with Iranians that have recently come here, it's like day and night when you compare it to Iranians that have been in the West for a long time. And it's 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 something that I struggle with. I can't really connect with a lot of Iranians that are recent here because there's just such a gap in.
2: I don't know. know, I might be wrong. My personal view on this whole idea of um, being trained to lie and put on a face Mm -hmm. is that I think it starts with Tarov. believe it or not. And it's good to an extent, like politeness and being respectful and all of that right. is definitely is part of the whole culture of tarov mm-hmm. right yeah. but I think we over d- we've overdone it and it's it's gotten to a level of dishonesty almost um, yeah. and yeah. But yeah. you yeah. can't
0: b- you can't blame uh repressive laws of uh a quasi-theocracy mm, yeah. on yeah, on no, right? Right. Course, right. I mean, <laughs> people are putting on faces partly yeah. because they have to put on a face exactly. to not go to zandon or something. Right? And that goes yeah. back to
1: how, like, Iranian networks, are ran, for example, these same people run them with this kind of attitude. I, in my like, f- this is my own personal view on this matter. So. Anyway, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I would guess that there's uh, there's probably people who work at networks who have not had that experience, and there's a lot of Iranian networks and they're not all the same, and Mm -hmm. so we should be careful about that. But I, but uh, yeah, it was certainly interesting that the culture she was talking about could be a mirror of the broader Iranian culture, which she she seemed to be implying there as well. All right, we'd love to hear from you on that. And anything else, you can comment on our platforms or info at rookmedia.com. Let's get to our Letters of the Week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Kia?
1: Alright, so last week on episode 107 we had New York Times best-selling author Jasmine Darznick on the show, who was really incredible. So a few people wrote, uh, uh, wrote to us on that show. We have on YouTube a Hani Arjan. She wrote, thank you, team. Really enjoyed this interview and the new introduction. Professor Darsnik's intellect and wonderful achievements have definitely stroked a nerve for many of us, I'm sure. Love this. History can tell you what happened, but fiction tells you what it was like. That was a direct quote from, uh, from Jasmine herself. Mm. And then on Facebook, we have a Salehe Rajoyi, wrote, Thank you for this. Stories have been told by men throughout the history. It's refreshing to hear women's stories more and more. Thank you, Jianjan, for facilitating this opportunity.
0: Thanks for that letter. Appreciate it.
1: As well, last week on episode 108, we had Australian-Iranian founder of Persian Yoga, Kashi Azad, on the show. And Persian Yoga is essentially, uh, what is it, pahlavi type of... uh, Pahlavani. (laughs) Pahlavani. I think pahlavi sport would be a different one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, it's... Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, So on Facebook, we have a Sasan Imam wrote, I think Kashi is the only fit person I've seen doing Vazesh (laughs) Pahlavani. I remember every time they'd show Vazesh Pahlavani on Iranian TV, it would make me crack up because essentially I was watching a bunch of fat guys (laughs) with big fat bellies doing push-ups at a snail's pace with their legs wide open and their asses right at your face (laughs) in the camera. And of course, we all knew why you couldn't find a single fit person. Person among them, because after finishing their thing, they would all go from the <laughs> zurkhana straight to the local qavkhana and stuff their faces with <laughs> <laughs> I think He actually uh, said that.
3: Guys. Well, he, he said he it.
0: said that you would. It's deceiving. You see mm. these guys with the kabob bellies or whatever, yeah. but they're actually super strong. strong. Yeah. Uh, and I was thinking about that. I mean, I mentioned it on the last show that you know we have these images these airbrushed and contemporary images of what a fit body should look like. Mm-hmm. But if you think back to, uh, you know, go back a hundred years even, and think about the, those, those circuses, for example, that the traveling circus with the world's strongest man, mm-hmm. they, it was a guy with a huge belly, right? I mean, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't like a guy who looks like John Stamos. Yeah, it was, yeah. a, it, it, you know, it was a, a, big man with a belly because that, yeah. that was strength. I mean, yeah. they used that weight to leverage their right. strength. So it may be, you know, also the conception of what we think is fit or strong now True. is it always changes with whatever generation you're in but uh
1: yeah uh, and then on instagram we have a Ozo the jorgensen wrote i really like the modesty aspect of his talk and practice and don't really care about who adopts my culture and who doesn't as we all learn from each other thanks all right Right Then we have some general letters that came in on YouTube. We have a Turaj Khosravi wrote, Second time that you read my message, Princess Kiandort, I got blushed. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this is in reference to our clubhouse gotta talk on that. names. I got to double check that. Did he actually say princess? Yeah, he did actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's in direct reference to our clubhouse talk on names, like Iranian names. And oh. yeah, uh, he goes on saying, I got blushed when I heard my name while I was working. Uh. Thank you for that. And maybe I should write some silly things myself to make you all laugh more. You already made us laugh. Thank you. (laughs) And then he goes on saying, by the way, it would be great if you could possibly edit and add the Clubhouse sessions as well on your podcasts. As you Canadians love to start it pretty late. Me in Ireland can't really keep my eyes open till the end and the conversation somehow becomes a lullaby. At the end, great job to you all. Warm hugs from cold Ireland. Oh, wow. Warm hugs back from Canada. Yeah.
0: Turaj is in Ireland. That's well, so cool. Yeah. I, I didn't know there are Iranians in Ireland. Never no, oh, no, mind. I mean, like, like, yeah.
1: So interesting.
0: Yeah. Did you think there was some kind of ban on Iranians you know, in Ireland? No, I just Ireland? didn't
2: think it's a place of like right. migration right. necessarily. Berim
0: Ireland, Island? <laughs> <laughs> Ireland. Island. <laughs> Yeah. So, so good. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. What do we got? Oh. Keep it going team. <laughs> All right like and pulling we, teeth today with this.
3: <laughs> We
1: have some comments yep. on Castbox that came out came in actually. We have a Mehdi Rezai Borun wrote, Congratulations to Rook Team. I really enjoy listening to your podcast. Good thing that you do it in English so that the younger generations of the Iranian diaspora can easily connect to it. Thanks again.
0: Love it. I love when they say that they don't use the the article in front of it. It's just just rook team. Yeah. Congratulations uh, to uh, rock team. <laughs> it is very good. Rock team. Uh,
1: uh, oh, and then Ehsan Noi wrote, Hi, dear Gian. I became familiar with your podcast recently. Thanks for this program. It's so inspirational for me. Your voice is fantastic. Ooh. Thanks again and mova faqbashi.
0: Wow. Khamas okay. <laughs> What kind of, uh, that's a lovely letter. Yeah. That's the letter of the week in my mind.
1: No, but speaking of letter of the week. (laughs)
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, we have the letter of the week. Letter
1: of the week. Well, this one came to us from iTunes. Uh, We have a username, Minush Nush, (laughs) wrote, Amazing podcast. I love it. And it's so lovely to hear Jian's voice after a long time. The guests are very inspiring, but the best part of it is Jian and the way he comes up with questions. In one sentence, I can say it's the authentic cue with Iranian guests. Oh, and amazing music in the end. Oh. Well said.
0: Very nice. Yeah. Very thank you, Minush And thank you, the fabulous Keon, Groovy Shia, Captain Reza. That's full time for Rook for today. Thanks everybody out there for listening to us. Remember, you can catch any and all episodes of Rook and our guests and our specials and all of that at RookMedia.com where you can also become a patron of our show. Rookmedia.com is where to go. Thanks to the amazing team who put this show together. Thoughtful Nagin, the fabulous Keon, Savvy Roham, Ponta the artist, producer Susan Ahoy-Mertod, Master Muhammad, Captain Reza, and Groovy Shaya. Thank you to all of you out there for supporting us and sharing our content. Please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on right now. If you've not subscribed already, go ahead and do that. It's free. You can find me on Instagram at Gian Gomeshi. Mizunfashi.